Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. ready to get into the message this morning. We have been on a series. We've been calling it Factory Reset. Amen. We said it's called Factory Reset. And what that simply means is, is to come back to a place of how we were originally made to be. We gave the example of a computer. You know how it is the busyness and all the clutter and all the apps and all the stuff that you put on your computer. And before you know it, it's running sluggishly, not working the way that it's supposed to. So you take it in and they factory reset it, make it the way that it was originally made and it runs smooth. Well, God wants us to experience a factory reset in our life. And if you don't know it, there is a... Uh, an agenda to cause your life to be so busy, so distracted, and so cluttered that you don't experience God's best. But Jesus said this in John chapter 10. He says, I've come that you might have life, and life what? Help me out. More abundantly. And that also means in quality and in quantity. Praise the Lord. That is the life that Jesus came to give. And so if you're not experiencing that life, it is time for a factory reset. Because if you're a believer, that is the life that Jesus came to give. If you're looking in the mirror and seeing anything else but that, then once again, it's time for a factory reset. And the only way that you're going to experience the factory reset is if you know what the original design is supposed to be. Amen? How many of you, well, this is a guy thing. Us guys, we tend to start building and working and fixing and putting together before we ever look at the manual, right? And then when we get to a place where we're stumped, then we go to the manual and we find out, in fact, anybody bought something from Ikea before? No? If you've never bought anything from Ikea, it's the prefab furniture. And they give you a book of instructions as to how to put this together. And it's, it's a doozy. I mean, there's all kinds of pieces. And it takes forever to put a piece of furniture together. But it walks you right through it. And if you start with A, it'll get you to Z. And you'll have exactly what the picture looks like. But I've been in those positions where I think I got it. And therefore, I'm going. I have to go back to the owner's manual. And I realize that, you know what? I bypassed three steps. And I got to go back to the beginning. Amen. And so, that's what God is endeavoring for us to experience and to know what it looks like, what He came to give us, what we are supposed to experience as children of God. And therefore, if we know who we are, 
what Jesus came to do, we can experience the life and a life more abundantly. And therefore, again, we can have what God says we can have. Amen? All right. So as we get into this this morning, uh, I've been ministering out of uh, John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. And so today we're going to take a little look at John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, if you recall, the Bible says that there was a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was a teacher of the law or of the word of God to the Jews. So it was something that he gave his life to. The word is something that he knew and he was a teacher of the word to the Jews. But we see that uh, uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he sees all the miracles that Jesus is doing and he begins to question him about it. But Jesus begins in, uh, to spin it a little bit, if you will. And we see in John chapter uh, 3, uh, Jesus says this. He says, uh, uh, he, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you are born again or one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this teacher of the law, this teacher of the word we could say, comes to Jesus and he's scratching his head and saying, I'm just not understanding everything here. I perceive that you're a teacher and I perceive that there's something different about you because I'm starting to see that there's evidence of what you teach. And Jesus responds to him and says, unless a man be born again, he cannot experience the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus starts to ask the question, well, how in the world can I be born again? Do I go back into my mother's womb and, and, and be born again? And Jesus says, no, there's two births. He said there is the being born of water, which is the natural birth. And there is the spiritual birth when you're born again spiritually. And he says, not only do you have to be born naturally, but you must be born again or reborn spiritually. So what's Jesus doing? He's saying there are some kingdom principles. There are some things that you've been teaching about, but you just don't have light or understanding of what you've been teaching. Amen. Have you ever come to church and think, dear God, I just don't get it. Hear everybody praising hallelujah, glory to God, and I'm sitting here thinking, what? <laughs> what what you say? So obviously we can hear things, learn things, but not understand things. Or we could say it this way, we could have understanding or gain knowledge of the word of God, but not have revelation of the word of God, right? So let's continue to look at this. Concerning Nicodemus in Nicodemus or excuse me in John chapter 3 Starting in verse 9. There's a couple things that I want you to see here It says Nicodemus answered and said to him. How can these things be And Jesus answered and said to him? Are you the teacher of Israel and do you not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you we speak what we know and testify of what we've seen and you do not receive our witness if I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So did you notice what Jesus told him? He says, you teach what you know. Now, how many of us have been exposed to different teachings throughout our life? And how many of you know that when it comes to God, God's word, his revelation is progressive. 
So you might think you have a handle on things, but just hold on because if you'll purpose to stay teachable, he'll show you something else down the road. Like, man, I never saw that before. And maybe you came from a denominational background and you think, dear God, I, I'm seeing things here and hearing things here that I've never heard before. Well, why is that? It's because you sat under teachers that taught what they know. And then notice what Jesus said, you see what you know. So in other words, if you're an individual that been taught, well, there is no such thing as miracles today. Well, if you're being taught or the teacher is teaching that miracles don't belong today, what do you think they're going to see? They're going to see what they teach, right? So it's like the blind leading the blind. Well, if, if I'm teaching you that miracles don't belong for today, well, then there is no expectation for miracles for today. But God will always lead you to a place to help you grow in understanding of God's Word, right? How many of you understand that when it comes to your walk with God and who you are in Christ, it is an ever-growing revelation of who you are? Amen. How many of you have ever felt guilty or felt condemned or felt shame? I think we all have. We've all been moved to some form or fashion to maybe where it's even kept you away from coming to church. Like, I just feel guilty. I feel dirty. I feel shameful. I just, I feel like a failure. Do you realize that through the blood of Jesus, he removed every single ounce of failure, of guilt or shame, and therefore you are not guilty you don't carry the shame, but the enemy does a great job of placing that on you so that you feel that that's your identification, but the blood of Jesus has made you totally clean. But still to have the revelation of that to where I walk in the victory and the confidence of that is an entirely different thing. And I'm speaking from my, for myself personally. I know that, but there's times that, man, I got to stir myself up. God, I thank you that there is no condemnation to those who love the Lord. Praise God. I'm in Christ, and if I'm in Christ, there is now no condemnation. I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I'm righteous before Him. Amen. So again, it takes a progression of knowing the Word of God and having an understanding of that. Can somebody say amen? amen. So in other words, we teach what we know. We have faith, or we can only have faith as far as we know. So once again... To the degree that you'll believe or accept what you hear as truth is to the degree that you can have faith for something. So in other words, if you don't believe that healing is a possibility, then you'll never have faith for healing. If you don't believe that there is such a thing called the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you'll never have faith for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you never have faith or don't believe that the Word of God is the infallible Word of God, then you'll look at this scripture and say, well, you know what? It's just a book. So then, therefore, again, you can only have faith for that which you know. Now, so as we continue to see this here, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. But in this scripture, as he's having this exchange with Nicodemus... He goes on to say, he says, I'm not looking for people to testify of me. I'm not looking for people to bear witness of me. I don't need people's validation. And again, that's found in verse 25. I'm not taking the time to read that, but I want you to see something concerning that particular verse. Well, let me turn there real quick, just so that you can hear it. 
Forgive me for having to put my glasses on. <laughs> John chapter 3, or chapter, actually verse 2. Is it 2 or chapter 3? Let me see here. I think it's verse 24. It says, in verse 24 of chapter 2, it says, But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men, and he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So once again, it seems very vague in what it's saying. But as you begin to study that particular passage of Scripture out, here's one portion that comes out in that particular verse when you study it out in the Greek. This is what Jesus said. He says, I came not as an example for man. He said, but I came as an example of man. Now remember I said that the word of God is progressive revelation. Jesus said, I don't need men to testify of me and to say, oh yeah, that's Jesus. Oh yes, he's doing miracles. He says, in fact... He says, I didn't come as an example for man. He said, I came as an example as man. Now, you've got to hear what I'm saying. Because what that is saying, what Jesus is doing is not an example to say, I am Jesus, the Messiah. He says, I am an example and a prototype of you. Remember I said we're going to have a factory reset moment. You've got to go back to the beginning to see how it was originally designed. And the original design is how it works the best. Say it with me. Say Jesus didn't come for an example. He is the example. Amen. All right, so hold your thought there or hold your thinking there. Say it with me. Say, I'm holding. All right. So once again, let me reiterate that. He came not as an example for us, but of us. Now, we said this in John chapter 10 when we first started this series, that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. The actual translation of that is that you would experience the God kind of life. How many of you have experienced the human kind of life? How many of you know that that's ups and downs and it's not always roses? It's not always fun. There are some good moments. But the Bible says Jesus came so that we could experience the God kind of life. And therefore, Jesus said, I've came not to be an example to you, but of you. This is very important. Okay, remember we said last week, let's turn there if you will. Turn to Mark 11, chapter 14. Mark 11, or chapter 11, rather. Mark chapter 11, verse 14. Every single one of us are going to face circumstances of life. And we see Jesus consistently being an example to us. And if you'll see here, when Jesus faced an obstacle in his life, he stepped into who he is or who he was 
by responding in a certain way. And you'll see here in verse 14, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto it, or the fig tree, No man eat fruit of thee there hereafter forever, as his disciples, or and his disciples heard it. So remember once again, we said that the word answered the deficiency. And he answered the obstacle or the mountain that he was facing. So therefore, you and I are to follow his example. And then he goes on to say in verse 23 and 24, pull that up for me, if you will. He says this, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, he was speaking to a fig tree, but he says, now you might face a mountain. He says, now, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So once again, notice what Jesus did. When he faced opposition, obstacle, challenges in his life, he didn't sit there and boo-hoo, squall and ball. He answered the situation. He says, now when you face a situation, you act just like me. I showed you the example of who you're supposed to look like. He says, now you do what I do. If there's a mountain... What do you do? You speak to it. Praise God. He says you speak to it. Now once again, people have a lot of hard times digesting and understanding this concept of speaking my faith to circumstances. But you have to understand the factory reset or the way that God made you. All right, go to your, go to in Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bible, I was going to say go to your Bible. If you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 1. If you recall, we said when we first started this series that John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We said, if you see the words in the beginning, it's a factory reset moment. Right? How many of you know what your Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1? How does it begin to read? In the beginning. So, if you get away from the beginning and you say, I need to have a factory reset moment, go to the beginning. Go to the owner's manual and see what it says. Well, what does it say? It says, in the beginning, God said, or he spoke creation into existence, did he not? But here's what I want to bring to your attention in verse 26 and verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Notice what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So did you see what God said? He said, I've made you in my image and my likeness. I've created you to be like me. I've created you to be like like me. The next verse, Jesus or God says, He blessed them 
and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, how did God start filling the earth from the very beginning? How did he fill it with animals? How did he fill it with the birds? How did he fill it with the fish? How did he fill it with the sun from the sky? He said or he spoke it into existence. So therefore, if you're created in my image and my likeness and you are going to be blessed and fruitful and multiply, you're going to do it the way that I did it. Oh yes, we understand that there's the natural process of how a man and a woman multiply. But he says there's the spiritual side to this that you're going to be like me and you're going to multiply and fill the earth by speaking the right way. If you want multiplication to happen, learn to talk the right way. Amen. Now he said in the beginning, this is how you and I were made. But in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus. And then Jesus says, Now I didn't come to be an example for you. I came to be an example of you. And what I've come to do is to give you life more abundantly, but to have the God kind of life. So how do I have the God kind of life? I start to act like God does. Well, how does God do things? He speaks things the right way. And when God speaks things the right way, things begin to happen. And so Jesus says, now, I do what I see the Father do, and I say what I hear the Father say, because that's just how it, it operates around here. He says, now, you asked me how did the fig tree die when I spoke to it? He said, because I did what I heard the father say now i'm saying to you just as i do and say what the father doesn't say you do what i do and what i say and you'll have the same results why because it's the god kind of life why because i'm not just an example for you i'm an example of you and you'll get the same results if you'll learn to talk the right way can somebody say amen are you tracking with me today? Have you ever noticed that if you don't talk right, you'll think wrong? Did you hear what I said? I said, if you don't talk right, you will automatically think wrong. And if you start thinking wrong, eventually you'll start talking wrong. And you'll have what you say. Have you ever noticed those people that just talk and grumble and complain all the time? And they always talk as though they're expecting to have a bad day. And did you ever notice that they always just have bad days? It's like, <laughs> no brainer, go figure. <laughs> you called it. <laughs> so we have to learn how to talk the right way. To say or speak like God speaks. Have faith. In fact, for that matter, if you recall, Jesus said this. When he says, in fact, let's go back there again. If you will, pull up Mark 11, 23 and 24. He says this, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Have you ever had a mountain in your life? 
Did you ever see where it says that Jesus said squall and bawl and complain and cry and fuss and throw a fit, fall on the floor, scream, just in, you know, maybe you'll get my attention. No, he didn't say that. He said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and, cast, uh, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he asks. Now, once again, you think, God, that's, that's a challenging thing for me to wrap my brain around. But in verse 22, the very first thing that Jesus says preceding this is to have faith in God. Well, how do I have faith in God? Faith only comes one way, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means that my words or my speaking is going to be directly connected to the word that I have in my heart. If I don't have any word that I've stored on the inside, there's nothing to pull on. Or if there's nothing in my account, if you will, there's no way that I can make a withdrawal. Right? And so I have to make a deposit so that my faith has something to hook onto. Amen. And so once again, if I don't get control of my words and begin to talk correctly, my thoughts will govern my life. Once again, you can look at somebody's life, whether it be good or bad, and the direction of their life is directly connected to the way that they think and the way that they talk. Amen. How many of you want to have a factor of reset to where we start to think, speak, and live differently? We can start today. It's a matter of changing what's on the inside. Now, let me give you a couple examples. You'll, you'll see this over here. I've got a number of different bottles. The Bible says that we're vessels, right? Vessels meet for the master's use. But in order for us to be as most effective as we can, we got to be filled or full, right? First of all, we need to be full of the Word of God. But notice he says, now, have faith in God, speak to the mountain. Well, rather than using the word mountain, let's just make the mountain a fire. Anybody have some fires, wildfires in your life? You're like, dear God, we got to get that sucker put out, man. It's just going crazy. Sure, we've all faced that. How do we address the mountain or the wildfire of our life? He says you speak to it. But you speak from a position of having faith. My faith is based upon the word. But oftentimes this is what we look like as individuals. And the fire is starting to rage out of control. And we're like, oh dear God, we got to put some water on it. Is that all there is? Oh, dear God. That didn't do nothing. It just made a little sizzle, a little smoke come up, but it's still raging. Right? And we're like, what do we do? God, help, please, God. And God says, you're calling on me to do something, but I told you to do something. But isn't it interesting that we don't have anything in us to do anything about the fire? God says, I want you to have faith. And faith comes by knowing what the manual says. Amen? Amen? And once again, we oftentimes, you know, we, we look like this. And 
nothing's going wrong in our lives and everything's going well. You know, the finances are good. Everybody's health is good. You know, we've been so good for that matter. We've been skipping church and, you know, it's just been good. And so you talk to them, oh, praise the Lord. And they look like they're doing good. I mean, they've got good posture. They're looking good, talking good. But all of a sudden, the fire comes. Now the rubber meets the road. And we see how big you are. When you're facing the circumstances, what happens? We ended up becoming overcome by circumstances because there's nothing on the inside. There's no faith that allows me to speak as God speaks. This isn't the design of how God made me. Not defeated and not depleted. He says, I've made you to be full. He says you've got to get the word on the inside so that you're a full container. So that as you begin to face circumstances of life, you have something to pour out of you. Amen? And it's the word. Now, to be full, it takes some time. And when I say time, I'm talking about maturity of time. Now, it could be six days. It could be six weeks. It could be six months. But it's important to stay full. Because as you pour in or get filled with the word of God you'll leak have you ever noticed circumstances come and try to rob the word out of your heart in fact that's what Jesus said he says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy he comes to steal the word so it's important that you continue to pour in to strengthen and build your faith to the point that you stay full that will meet the challenge that you're facing and oftentimes when individuals find calamity or devastating reports we run to the word and we're trying to cram for the test oh i gotta get the word i gotta get the word i gotta get the word listen if you're trying to cram for the test it's already too late because the mountain is far too big for you try to build your faith in that moment of time but if you'll keep it full when you face the mountain you're ready for the challenge now let me just share with you just how simple it is because it's not a complicated thing to have a rich, diversified foundation of the Word of God causes you to be even more stable. But if all you had was one scripture, you could still be full. Let me say that again. If all you had was one scripture, you could stay full. What do I mean by that? If all I knew was John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If that's all the Scripture that I knew, if I never had a Bible but I knew that one verse, but I purposed to meditate on that one verse, that could become so real to me and so tangible to me that I stay full Based on the revelation of that word. Man, God so loved me that in my sin he sent Jesus so that I didn't have to go to hell. Well, if God was willing to send Jesus for my salvation, certainly he loves me enough so that I don't have to be sick. Certainly he loves me that I don't have to live a life of poverty. Oh, God loves me. He loves me so much that he sent Jesus. Not just sent Jesus, but Jesus died in my place. Oh, God must really love me. Oh, man, I must be special. And if you don't know it, I'm God's favorite. Amen. 
Why? Because I stir myself up. God loves me. I'm the apple of his eye. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't take a, a rich knowledge of the word of God to where it's like, well, I know it from cover to cover, but there is no revelation. I can have one verse and it can fill me up because the revelation never stops if I'll purpose to give place to the word of God. Amen? So I can stay full. I can stay filled to a place where when the mountain comes against me, I can take a stand. But how many of you understand that God doesn't want you just to stay right here? He says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly in quality and quantity. I've come that you might experience and have the God kind of life. I've came to be the example not of you or for you, but of you. So that you actually begin to walk and act and think and talk like I do. And you can begin to have the results in your life like I had. Amen? So what that means is, is that I don't have to stop right here. I can advance and I can say, God, I don't want just to be right here. I want to advance here. Amen. And you might say, but... I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Well, what happens? God says, well, it's not a matter of you getting there. It's not a matter of you being promoted there. It's not a matter of whether you're worthy enough to be there. He says, you'll have to make a choice to get there. Here's what I mean by that. Let me just give you an example. Concerning your finances. So oftentimes we live a life based upon the income that we make. And so we say, well, this is my lifestyle. This is the budget. It's fixed. And so we live this life. And so we start to be stretched a little bit to say, man, I'm, I have a greater desire to live this or to do that or experience in that. But then it comes back, well, no, listen, my income is only this, so therefore this is all that I can experience. If that is your thinking or your capacity, you'll stay at that place. You might say, well, then I want God to advance me to the next place so that I have a greater capacity to receive. God's not going to advance you there. You have to make the choice to go there. So what does that mean? I choose, God. I'm going to experience the God kind of life greater and bigger and more than what I've ever known before. So I choose to go there by faith. Now, are you going to fill the bottle or be full in that next place that you go to? No, because it's a greater capacity than where you're at right now. Where you have been, you've been full and you can't experience anymore because you're full. But when you decide to go to the next place, what happens? You begin to fill the next container. You begin to be poured out where you once were full as you start to fill the next place, you begin to find, I still got room. Oh, there's more room in there. Well, how do I fill that? I have a greater revelation of the Word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. You mean there's more God? I can experience more of the God kind of life? And the more that I meditate and begin to understand and speak the Word of God, and it doesn't matter, there might have been a mountain that was this big and my faith conquered it, but there's going to be a mountain down the road that is this size, and I need to answer it. Well, so then i got to get filled up 
by the Word of God. Now you might say, well, how do I do that? Act like you were designed. Speak to it. And what did he say? He said, you will multiply and fill. Did you not see that? Let me get there just so you can see that. Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over all the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. Verse 27 says, and God created man in his own image. In his image, God created them. In verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So if I'm poured out into the next chapter in my life where God wants to expand me and increase me and I find that I'm deficient in this new place, how do I fill it? I begin to speak how God speaks. I begin to speak the Word of God. Amen. Yesterday's mountain was, man, I had a little bit of arthritis. Today's mountain's cancer. It doesn't matter what size the mountain is. I still speak to it the same way. Amen. What's stopping you from going here? What's stopping you from experiencing this kind of God life? Oh, we live with such limitations. We live as though we're just barely getting by. We live as that what Jesus did was just barely to get us out of hell. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly to experience the God kind of life. And he is not the example for us, but of us. It's time we start to go to the next place. It's time that we begin to experience more. And as I said to you earlier, it just might be it requires an action of faith. I'll close with this. I know I've made mention of it concerning finances. And this might meet you where you're at. There was a season where we were living life at a certain place. And we were using faith every day. We were exercising our faith, walking and living by faith, speaking to the mountain. And the Lord brought to my attention, He said, you know, you are living the life of faith. He said, but you're using your faith to survive. He said, the same faith that you use to survive, you can use to thrive. And so just like that, I made the choice that this is not going to be my story no longer. I'm choosing to come up higher. So it challenged my thinking. Where I once had limitations, I no longer let them be limitations. You might say, well, how do you get there? I choose to go there. I choose to go there. You might say, are you fully functioning there no but my faith is growing my faith is growing and my bottle's getting full and I'm coming up to a higher place and that bottle's getting full but now that I've learned to not only survive and thrive I'm going to a new place beyond thriving 
a life of quality and quantity, the God kind of life, super abundant. Amen. But let me just challenge you. If you're here in this place and you say, you know what, I want to experience that kind of life. I want to experience no limitations when it comes to finances. I want to remove the limitations so that I can just live the best life now and be a giver and be generous. Then you'll have to purpose to step out in areas of faith. How did I begin to step over into that place of experiencing a new place of not just surviving but thriving? God challenged me in the area of my giving. I'm like, God, that's just hard. That's some big numbers. You're stretching my faith. But it stretched my faith to go from the small bottle to the next bottle. But I'm not settled for this bottle. I'm moving on. Amen. This is the kind of bottle that I'm moving on to. But when I get this full... I'm moving to the 55-gallon drum. <laughs> Amen. And then when I go from there, I'm going to the tanker. And then after the tanker, then I'm going to the big reserves, you know, that they put over in the oil fields, you know. <laughs> it takes faith, right? But I cannot limit my life by the words of what I speak. And if I'm not talking, then my thoughts will govern me. And it will keep me in a place of bondage. Amen? There's a factory reset that says, this is how you were made. To act like your daddy God. Act like him. Talk like him. And expect like him. And if you don't know what that looks like, read the Gospels. And when you see Jesus, you'll see you. And we'll talk more about that the next time. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just strengthen us in our walk with you. That you would stretch us beyond where we're at. That you would help us remove the limitations. And that what we're talking about today, God, is not about experiencing natural things or natural luxuries, which you do provide. But most importantly, Lord, we're talking about making room to experience you, to know you, and to walk with you. And so, God, we thank you that you're opening our eyes, you're opening our ears, you're opening our hearts. And, God, we are stepping into a greater place of faith, and we're all having a factory reset moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.